Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lexington Era Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Wednesday, December the 2nd, 2020. My guest today will be Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader, who covers UK basketball recruiting. Uh, I talked to Ben about last night's Kentucky-Kansas basketball game, UK losing to Kansas 65-62 in the Champions Classic. We talked about uh, what happened in the game last night and about Kentucky's 1-2 and two start and about the recruits that Ben covered uh, before they got to Kentucky and uh, so far what they have shown in these first three games. We also looked into the future, talked about some upcoming targets and so forth uh, and how that's going. And we also talked to Ben about the, the next cat sites, which has now moved over to Kentucky.com, uh, talked about the changes in the site, uh, what, what you can expect to see from the site in the future. We talked a lot about that. Uh, before I get to Ben, though, I want to thank everybody who listens to the podcast. I want to thank everybody who gives a ratings and review on the podcast. That really helps us. Also, want to thank everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and, the, and Kentucky.com. You can get a sports pass, a sports-only subscription to Kentucky.com, a digital subscription for just $30 for the first year. Go to Kentucky.com, hit the subscribe button, and check that out. Okay, let's get right to it my conversation with ben roberts of the herald leader and kentucky.com okay my guest on the podcast now is uk basketball recruiting writer ben roberts for the herald leader and kentucky.com how you doing ben good john how are you i'm good we are recording this on wednesday morning after kentucky's loss uh to kansas last night in the champions classic we're going to talk about recruiting we're going to talk about the new next cat site uh with ben but let, let first of all let's talk a little bit about how the team is doing at this point they're one and two after the loss last night uh ben you've covered all these guys in recruiting uh what are your impressions so far not just on last night but the first over the first three games yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, anybody taking the time to listen to this knows that they've, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, <laughs> last night was it was pretty painful to watch. Uh, Sunday was was not a much better brand of basketball. Um, you know, I, I I think obviously to this point, Isaiah Jackson uh, has been a has been a bright spot. Um, Olivier Saar, when he's been able to stay on the court, has been a bright spot. The other freshmen, <clears throat> I, you know, it's there's a lot going on. I guess there's there's a lot to there's a lot you could talk about. I, I think it kind of starts with right now with the point guard play. Um, and that seems to be the the biggest complaint I, I hear from readers, from people tweeting and DMing me and, and emailing and friends texting and anybody who right. talks about this team. You know, what and what I would tell them is that. With Devin Askew, uh, I think maybe maybe not more so, but but it, you know of of all the players and all the point guards that Cal has had over the last ten years, there there might not be more that that could have benefited from just a regular preseason than Devin Askew. I mean, he just turned eighteen in July. Um, he's not he's not John Wall. He's not the Aaron Fox. He's a different kind of point guard. Um, and I think people need to just keep in mind that he was always going to be a guy. Uh, I'm not comparing him as a player to Marcus Teague, but the way Marcus Teague kind of progressed through that championship season in 11, 12, and you could see him getting better as the season went on. Um, Askew was going to be that even more. So, uh, I always thought, uh, you know, first time I saw him, I thought he was going to be that kind of kid. And I mean, he's, 
he hasn't had a normal preseason. He hasn't had exhibition games. He hasn't had cupcake games. He's been thrown, you know, they got to play Moorhead and then he gets thrown against a veteran Richmond backcourt. And then even though he was sick last night, he's going up against the reigning national defensive player of the year. And he's still trying to figure things out. And this is who he has to play against. Um, and, and, you know, with the preseason, you know, we normally see guys show up in June and they work out together. They play on the blue courts. They're in the craft center together. They're getting to know each other. You know, I, I talked to a few of these guys for some of our season preview stories, uh, like in October. And at that point, um, they were kind of telling me that, that they'd only actually been in the gym together all at once about three or four times by that point in the, in the preseason, which normally you would have had basically three or four months of that uh, just due to, to contact tracing and COVID related stuff. And just, they couldn't get everybody in the gym at the same time. So uh, I, I think I always thought by the end of a normal season, Devin would be like a super dependable point guard by the time you get to March. I still think that can happen. I just think people have to be patient with him and people have to understand that, you know, this is, he's been put in an incredibly tough position um, uh, to, to run this team with, with all new players and really no sort of, uh, no sort of building blocks to do that. And then with Davion Mintz, uh, we saw last night how good he can be in certain aspects of the game. But he's also making turnovers. He's also being a bit careless with the ball and just talking to people last spring when he came in. They they highlighted all the things he was really good at. Uh, just just his mentality, um, being able to be a veteran presence, being a defender, obviously being a, a possibly the best three point shooter on the team. Um, but a lot of people didn't see him as a point guard. That they, they watched him quite a bit at Creighton. They they saw uh, they saw him as a guy who could play the point, who could play minutes at the point, but Nobody was expecting Davion to come in here and, and be a 25-minute point guard primary guy. And now it seems like, you know, a lot of people on social media are calling for that just because right. they think Devin's been so bad. So it's, you know, it's always tough to be a point guard for Calipari. It's always tough at the beginning of the season with all new players. And, I mean, I, I just think this is this is tenfold when you – have one no real preseason and two you're you're playing teams like Richmond and Kansas and I mean after I, I don't want to call Morehead State a, a cupcake because they're a well coached team and and uh, you know you know they they put up some fight but it's power five from here on out there's no right. other right. there's no mid majors there's there's nothing um, that that they can try to you know work work themselves out here right right looking back on it I think the worst thing that happened to this team so far is Detroit Mercy canceling on them. Because uh, yeah. they would have at least had two games before they played Richmond. And that doesn't mean that they would have beaten Richmond. I can't say they guarantees a victory over Richmond, but at least they would have had two games. You would think that they could beat Detroit Mercy. Uh, that yeah. would give them two things for two games for those guys to get more familiar with each other, to get some kind of, you know, to get the butterflies and the kinks out and cow more time to look at them in game situations. It's one thing to have them out there practice, it's another thing to put them in a game situation. So uh, I think you're exactly right. Uh, when you got an all, such a team with so many newcomers, basically an all-new team because Keon Brooks is not playing yet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, this is not the time to oh, we're not going to have exhibitions, and oh, you're not going to be able to play. You know, your mid-majors and your cupcakes starting out. So, but I mean, everybody's going through it. Kentucky's just in a little different situation because they've got so many new guys. What about what about Brandon Boston and Terrence Clark? How do you feel like they've played so far? Yeah, I mean. 
until yesterday, I, I really liked what Brandon did against Moorhead just by the shots he didn't take. Because I think, you know, usually if you're a, a top five projected pick, you see a team like Moorhead on the schedule, your very first college game. I think a lot of guys who are who are good scorers, good offensive players, want to go out there and be on get on Sports Center, you know. And he he you know he played within his game and he got rebounds and he he took shots when they were there, but he didn't force anything, didn't take a bad shot. I was really impressed by that. I thought he forced more Sunday against Richmond, and then I thought he did that again. Um, last night uh, you know i think the and and terrence you know one of the biggest knocks on terrence as a recruit was that he did force things and he was so good at getting to the basket that it didn't really matter because he was just so creative and so dynamic and it, he was one of those kids that was just so strong getting the ball to the hoop that if he didn't score he was probably going to get fouled um so now he's going against you know, men instead of high school players. So that's not going to work as much. And, and we're seeing that. And I think we saw that even more last night when he took, especially a couple times there in a row, he took some, some bad shots trying to just get to the basket and make something happen. One was just a really bad shot. The other one, I think he got called for a little push off as he went up offensive foul. Um, and then, I mean, you look at, I, I think what most people on Twitter are freaking out about is you look at Brandon Boston over 11, three, Terrence Clark over eight three, uh, team nineteen percent through three games. Um, not not good, obviously. <laughs> not not yeah. what you want to see. Uh, but you know, I was I was actually talking to somebody yesterday before the game whose opinion I really trust and who has seen these guys a lot as recruits. And I agreed with him that basically he said that Kentucky fans need to need to pump the brakes on getting upset about the three point shooting right now. He pointed specifically to, to Davion Mintz. Once he gets more opportunities, Davion's four for ten right now. Uh, he had a couple last night. He's going to be a good three-point shooter. Dante Allen, if if he gets more opportunities, should be a good three-point shooter. And Brandon Boston was always kind of a guy. I don't want to call him streaky in high school, but he was kind of a guy who could. I mean, I, you know, I guess he was streaky. He he would miss five or six in a row, and then sometimes you'd go over and see him, and he he did eight in a row or something like that. Uh, I think what Brandon needs to do is is get those shots more within the, the rhythm of the offense and let them come, come more naturally. I thought he was doing that for the most part until last night. I thought he forced some last night. He, he did force some against Richmond too, that he didn't need to take. Um, but he's, I think he can be a, a mid thirties percentage type guy from three. He's going to hit his threes. Terrence um, probably needs to not take as many cause he's never been a good shooter. Uh, obviously you can get a lot better at that, but he's over eight right now. I think unless he's open, he, he needs to, he needs to cool it on that. And, and he's so good at getting to the basket. Um, I, I maybe just even slow it down a little with him, but I, you know, that the point guard play and the three point shooting have been the two biggest knocks. Um, point guard play is just going to be a work in progress throughout the season. And I think the three point shooting will come. Uh, a lot more quickly than that. I, you know, I, I, I think I still think this could be a, a pretty good three-point shooting team. It's just they just haven't fallen so far. Okay, let's talk about the before we get to recruiting. Let's talk about the bright spot. I, I would say the brightest spot so far has been Isaiah Jackson. Anything is he is his start surprised you at all? I mean, he had what eight block shots, twelve rebounds last night. 
Uh, I know he was getting a lot of buzz uh, before the first game as people. I know uh, Jimmy Dykes, and then you heard from some other people talking about it. I really hear that uh, Isaiah Jackson is really looking good in practice. In fact, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with John Rothstein, and he said that what he was hearing was that Isaiah was looking really good in practice. So is, any, is it a surprise yet that he's gotten off to a fast start? I mean, the eight blocks, I think, in game three of a college career is surprising for just about just about anybody. Uh, aside from that, not really. I, just because I, I guess maybe what surprised me the most, if anything, is that he is he's completely bought in his energy level and he's playing the rebounds and blocks. I mean, that's what you need from Isaiah Jackson is rebounds and blocks. He's a terrific rim runner. I think he's going to be able to score a lot in transition once they get this thing going. Um He's shown he can catch the ball on the move toward the basket and make something happen and then put backs. And I think that's all you need from him offensively. And he just needs to worry about playing defense and getting rebounds. And for the most part, that's what he's been doing these first three games. And they need, they're, you know, they haven't shown it yet, but they're going to have scores on this team. They're going to have guys who should be able to create some offense. If they can get Isaiah Jackson playing like, he did last night and really just his energy level throughout these first three games um, has been tremendous. I thought, especially that Moorhead game, just out of the gate, he, he was, he was instant energy. So if they can get him playing like that, I think they, they could really be a good team. And, you know, Isaiah, it was always Kentucky wasn't really recruiting him or wasn't known to be recruiting him last summer, last spring, but he was one of those guys when, you go to these Nike events and there's usually like four or six games going on at the same time. And you can, sometimes it's even a one big open gym. So you can kind of hear, it's just one big cacophony of basketballs and squeaky shoes and you can kind of hear everything. And Isaiah, it's, it seems like there's a guy like this about every two or three years. Miles Bridges was one. Jalen Brown was one where you're on one court and then two courts over, you just hear this like gasp or this just, people going nuts and you look over there and Isaiah Jackson's running back up the court. He has obviously just done something insane. Um, so I, you know, I, it wasn't a guy I watched a ton when he was, a or at least at that stage in his recruitment, but you'd always kind of peek in on him. If, if you knew he was nearby, if there was a, if there was a timeout in the court you were watching, you would turn to watch Isaiah just because he was so dynamic and such an exciting player. And, and I, you know, I don't really think we've seen, as much of that side of his game yet, I think he's going to have some crazy alley oops and some crazy transition dunks and just some uh, some Sports Center type plays that you know we've seen a couple of times, but uh, I think fans are going to see a lot more of in the future. Okay, anything else uh, about the team before we move on to the latest in recruiting that sticks out to you? No, I think you mentioned Keon Brooks, and I do think that's uh, you know I, I think he, he's just kind of a glue that could hold this team together in, in some of the moments that um, they've had, especially these last two games where it's kind of gotten away from them. I think if you have a guy like Keon out there who, again, you know, the only player on this team who's ever played a minute for John Calipari in, until last week. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm not saying Keon is Michael Jordan or anything and would be the leading scorer, leading rebounder, but and and I just think he's a guy who who – would be a good presence for these guys. And, and especially through these tough times could play some major minutes and, and, and do some good things and just kind of, kind of bring this team together when, uh, when they got a little down or, or a little, yeah. a little uh, out of sorts. 
Hopefully they get him back soon. Cal indicated, I guess, what went on Monday, that it might be another two or three weeks. And we asked if there had been some sort of setback or anything with Brooks, and he said, no, they just the doctors just want him to take more time. So do we even know exactly what the injury is? It's a leg yeah, issue. Yeah, it's, right? a, it's a calf injury, apparently. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, it's one of those things where if you're not 100% when you come back, there's always the risk of, of it getting worse the more you play on it. But, right. yeah, it's certainly been a strange one because – uh, you know, obviously it's been a strain. We, you know, you don't get to talk to these guys in person. It's all Zoom, and nobody's really going to offer up any information. You, this is kind of the thing you kind of stumble upon uh, just through asking other questions um, and in uh, a, a little more intimate settings than what right. we're getting on the Zoom. But yeah, it's been strange because you know, it, at one point, it, I, I don't think a lot of people thought he would even miss any games, and then it was, you know, he's kind of game to game. So maybe he can come back for Richmond, and and now it's he might not even play in 2020. Uh, right. It might be the SEC schedule based on what Cal's saying now. So, yeah, it's just he just keeps kind of kicking that can down the road of when he's going to play, and I don't think we have any any real idea of when that might happen now. Yeah. Okay, let's get to recruiting. Uh, it's been a while, a little bit, since we've talked to you uh, for the podcast. What, what is the latest recruiting right now on, on the target? What's going on? Um, uh, on the recruiting trail. One, one thing, haven't they, did they extend the dead period again uh, for when they Yeah, it's uh, officially it's been extended through um, April, mid-April, thought, yeah. uh, which has kind of been always what was been expected. Once really? they pushed it to January 1st, which was also expected, you know, the logic is why, you know, if you're trying to be bubbles, you're trying to, to not, you know, you're trying, frankly, to not get COVID. Why are you going to let recruit? Why are you going to let coaches go recruit off campus? And why are you going to let recruits come on campus while the season's still going on? That didn't make any sense. And a lot of coaches I talked to were basically saying, and I've heard this from others, were saying, we're not, even if they lift this dead period, we're not recruiting. We're not going to risk uh, getting our, our basketball team paused for 14 days just to go see a recruit or just to have a kid on campus. It, it just, didn't make any sense to, uh, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of them would, a lot of them would have seen that advantage and, uh, and, and would have taken it. But I, I know a lot weren't. And I think Kentucky was one of those teams maybe that, that might not have recruited, even if the dead period had been lifted. So it made a lot of sense to push it beyond what we think the final four is going to be. Um, and I do, I think there is hope and I think that's always been the date. And I think there is hope that this will actually be the end of the dead period because that's traditionally when AAU ball, Nike League, that kind of stuff starts. And April is usually the first evaluation period for that next class of recruits. Uh, there's guys like Hunter Salas, who are still on Kentucky's radar, Jaden Hardy, who want to come to Lexington before they make a decision. Um, so I think there's hope that that, that could happen. Um, and guys like that could get two or three visits in before they need to make a college decision. And then with the guys who are juniors and sophomores right now, obviously these coaches want to get out and see them in person. Cause that, that makes for a much better evaluation than, than trying to watch film. So, you know, hopefully these vaccines will, will come and, and, uh, people get them and, and maybe we can get back to little semblance of normal by, by April. So who are the names out there right now? Who are getting the most attention? Yeah, I think right now, um, Hardy and Salas are the two, especially when you talk about the higher ranked guys that, that Kentucky fans are most interested in. There's not a whole lot new going on with them. Hunter Salas, possibly the number one point guard in that class. Um, 
I think Kentucky is right up there, if not the leader. North Carolina's up there. I think Gonzaga is up there. Uh, those are probably the main three right now. But he's he said for months now that he wants to make visits. I think he's actually already been to Gonzaga, but he wants to visit some of these other schools on his on his list. He's holding out hope that he'll actually get to do that um, come April. And, you know, the way he's talked, I wouldn't be shocked even if they extended that dead period. We saw Bryce Hopkins before he committed to Kentucky actually drive down from Chicago with his family and just kind of socially distant tour the camp, like self tour the campus, basically okay. uh, UK's campus, which is, which is completely within the rules. You're, you're allowed to do that. He just wasn't allowed to have any contact with the basketball staff when he was down here. He wasn't allowed to see, you know, inside the craft center, inside or up any of that stuff. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if, if Hunter did something like that. It's a little, you know, he's out in Omaha, so he's, not exactly close to a lot of these schools that right. that you would do that. But if things are a little better um, around the country, you know, he, he could certainly drive to Lexington, drive to Chapel Hill, that kind of stuff, uh, even fly on his own dime if they wanted to do that. Um, so I, I don't think – I don't see a decision coming from him anytime soon. I think he is going to hold out in, in, in hopes that he can make some visits. And, and honestly, he's, he, he holds all the cards. There's going to be a spot for him on whatever roster he wants, whenever he wants to come. Jaden Hardy, uh, you know, I think he's one that Kentucky really would have benefited by getting on campus earlier in the process because there are a ton of pro rumors around him, G League, that kind of thing. Uh, it, I think it'll be tough for Kentucky to get him committed if they can't get them to visit, which they obviously can't right now. Uh, so I think at least going into the winter, I, I think the leader, the leader right now is, is probably that, that he turns pro, but there's plenty of people saying that, that he's still seriously considering college. And I know for a fact that Kentucky is, he's just such a good player. I, I think if this were another player, they might just say, you know, it's not worth our time. And energy, he's probably going pro, whatever. Uh, he's so good that Kentucky is going to stay on him until the minute he makes a decision to go somewhere else and, and solidifies that decision. So th those are the main two right now. And then, you know, another guy that I know we talked a little about previously is Brandon Podzimski, who um, he's not – I think he's ranked like 250th right now nationally. I, I think he's going to move way up when, when some of these rankings are updated. But uh, just a really good 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six shooter out of Wisconsin. One of the best shooters in the country, uh, outside shooters, scores. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we say it every year, and I completely understand why Calipari recruits the length and the athleticism and, and, and all of that. But people clearly want to see more guys who can shoot the basketball. And in college basketball, you know, it's a it's a huge <laughs> advantage right now to have guys who can actually make three pointers. Yeah, uh, and, and Brandon's that. Putting yeah, ball that, holes, putting ball in the holes big. But I do kind of chuckle when these people score. say about well, Cal and recruit shooters. Yeah, uh, Tyler Hero was a pretty good shooter. Jamal Murray was a pretty good shooter. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, they, yeah, yeah, and he he definitely he definitely sprinkles them in there, um, and I think Brandon's a kid. Obviously, they they have a lot of interest in, and, and he's another one that they could sprinkle in. And and yeah, the the counterpoint on that is, you know, Kansas shot thirty percent last night. Right. Um, Richmond Richmond shot whatever they shot in the first half. It was terrible, uh, and people. 
right. you know, people look at that. Even people watching the game say, "Oh, well, they're just not playing well." Well, yeah, they're not playing well because you got a you got a six six guy with a seven foot wingspan in your in your face. Not only in your face, but keeping right. you know you can't you can't generate looks off the ball. You can't get open. You know, there's a reason he recruits these guys, um, and and he's always going to be, I think, a defense first coach for as long as he's here and as long as he can recruit those guys. And I think that gets overlooked and it gets, you know, it just gets shoveled to the side as, oh, Kansas wasn't shooting well. Well, you know, there's a big reason for that. I Um, knew, not to interrupt you, but I knew last night when Cal said, I knew it was coming. When Cal said, if I was Bill Self, I would be so happy right now because my team (laughs) shot 29% and I won the game. I love those games. I love those kind of games. He said that, you know, (laughs) he's been here so long now, we we know when those things are coming. And he does love those kind of games. And, uh, but yeah, Kansas didn't shoot well, and Kentucky's defense and length had something to do with that. I don't think defense was – I don't fault their defense last night. You know, they could have got – obviously, they gave up that re- rebound off the missed free throw. If you want yeah. to call that a defensive play, that was a lapse, and they had a couple other lapses. But their defense overall was pretty good. But anyway, back to the shooters. Yeah, and I I just think that's – and I completely agree. And I, I think you – I mean, John Calipari's the guy – who has he's in the hall of fame and he's got a national championship he knows he knows what he's doing he's been to a lot of final fours um but uh kentucky fans don't want to you know they they don't want to see the the long defense that leads to the other team shooting i think they'd rather have the other team shoot 55 percent if kentucky shoots 56 percent and it's a it's a it's 195 and maybe you lose a few of those games rather than watching 65 62 games or 70 61 games (laughs) so rock fights um they 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 want the malik monks and the jamal murrays and and tyler heroes and the brandon potemskis uh so it's uh, you know, it's, but that's, that's not really Cal's philosophy, or at least it, it hasn't been largely to this point. Um, right. and we'll, we'll just kind of, I, I, and I don't really expect it to change. I, you know, as long as he can, he can get the super athletic guy with the seven foot wingspan, who's going to be a really good defender. He, you know, he's, right. he's going to do it. Right. Okay. Who else? Uh, we got you, uh, uh, Eston Reed, you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Efton Reed is a guy who, you know, we don't right now at, I don't want to say they're taking it slow, but I think Efton's kind of taking it slow on his part, a little deliberate with his recruitment. Um, he's actually, he's a seven footer from Virginia. who's now playing for IMG Academy down in Florida for his last year of high school. And we talked a lot about him in the spring when they were looking for a big man um, for this team, there was a lot of talk that he might reclassify. Uh, and, and he was, you know, publicly entertaining that. Um, and Kentucky was in contact with him possibly about doing that. Obviously Kentucky got Olivier Saar. Uh, Efton decided to stay in the, in the 21 class. And then it kind of, we didn't hear hardly anything about him for, for six months or so. His name kind of started to pop back up. Um, and I was told recently that actually Kentucky never, you know, it, it was one of those things where it kind of sounded like, the communication just died down and they just kind of moved on one side or the other. But I've been told that they've been in contact ever since they never really broke off contact with Efton Reed. Um, he is, I, you know, I, their opinion seems to be somewhat split on his game. Um, I, I'm of the opinion from what I've seen that he could be a really, really good college center. I think there, there's more, skepticism about his NBA upside, possibly what that would be, especially in today's game. Um, he's very skilled, but uh, it, he's not exactly the NBA five that people are looking for, at least what he's shown so far. 
Uh, but in the college game, and especially the way Cal plays, I think he could be really good. Uh, Seven-footer who he's capable of blocking shots, he gets rebounds, but just a really skilled guy. Um, one of those guys, I remember talking to somebody who said that, you know, a lot of college coaches would come to see him play, and they didn't know if he was right or left-handed. He was in, in a good way. <laughs> it wasn't that he couldn't score with either hand. It's that, that he could score with both, and was <laughs> it was clearly comfortable going over both shoulder and and uh, and 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 scoring in just a variety of ways. And um, you know, he he kind of fits that mold of what Cal traditionally has looked for in a in a center, at least offensively. Um, so. Yeah, I was told during the signing period that Ohio State and Pittsburgh were the two to beat, and it's kind of a weird – like, he's a he's a back-end five-star recruit, but he's never been one of those guys who, oh, Kentucky offered or Duke offered, so I'm going there because that's the biggest name. Um, his recruitment's a little different, and, and he's being pretty meticulous with it, and I think he's just looking for comfort and a right fit. And, you know, he's another one of those guys that I think would benefit Kentucky, too, if, if his recruitment goes until April and they can get guys on campus, get him on campus and, and, and let him see what it's all about. And, you know, Lance Ware, I'm sure, will be back next season. They'll have Jacob Toppin. Um, I would be shocked if they don't look at, um, uh, an Olivier Saar type on the, on the, on the graduate transfer or even the transfer if that role passes market. But I, I think Efton Reed could be a, a really good complimentary piece who might be a multi-year player and, and could really grow over time. Okay. Another guy we wanted to talk about was a 2022 guy and that's uh, Scoot Henderson, uh, or Scooter, does he go by both, or Scoot. what's the deal there? Yeah, his name is well, his name is Sterling, but uh, <laughs> I think I think it'll be Scooter in the media guides wherever he goes. But okay. everybody just calls him Scoot, Scoot. Uh, or most people call him Scoot. Yeah. Get out of Georgia, right? Yeah, he's from the Atlanta area, and I got to see him some um, USA basketball camp last fall. Uh, with just a ton of talent at that thing, and he was kind of one of those guys. Um, like Isaiah Jackson, I talked about with him where you'd be on one court and, and you kind of see this flash out of the corner of your eye and, and hear the crowd kind of go a little nuts and turn around and, and scoot it, just thrown down a crazy dunk or something like that. Just a, he's actually a point guard, but he's, he's six, three, one eighty five, really strong with the basketball, really physical for his position and just super athletic and bouncy, just a dynamic, exciting player to watch. Um, and a guy who, uh, I think Joel Justice actually went to visit him the last fall recruiting period, which would have been going into his sophomore year. So that's that's pretty early for Kentucky to to take the time to to do an in person visit with somebody. Um, and another one of those that we didn't really hear about over the course of the year, and I think that was just a COVID related thing that you know it's just Kentucky's coaches weren't obviously no no coaches were going out on the road. You couldn't get a feel for who they were really looking at who they were watching, but it sounds like Kentucky and, and Scoot have been in really regular, almost daily contact, um, especially here recently. And uh, I think that they would be in a good position if that relationship continues to grow. And he's coming off. Um, there's a an annual deal, which they actually did again this year, despite COVID called holiday hoops giving. And it's over the Thanksgiving holiday in the Atlanta area. And Scoot played against the best point guard, arguably, in the 21 class, and then the the second best player in the, the sophomore class. 
and averaged 33 points, got a bunch of assists, was careful with the basketball. Apparently played some really locked down defense on that first night against uh, J.D. Davison, who's the top 10 player in the in the in the senior class. So really impressive. Um, our, you know, he's already ranked in the teens, um, and I think he's kind of making his case for possibly being the number one point guard in, in that class. And that's a class that includes Sky Clark and, and Jaden Bradley, another Kentucky target. Um, and actually, I talked to Travis Branham, and that story's up on Kentucky.com right now on the Next Cat site. Um, Travis is a 24-7 sports analyst who was at both those games, and, and he thinks Scoot might be the best point guard in, in the 22 class or the 21 class, both those classes combined, uh, which, which is pretty high praise to put him above some of the, some of the older players there. Wow. Uh, uh, okay, and we want and we want to talk about the next cat site. But is there anybody else you want to talk about before we start talking about the next cat site, the new next cat site? No, I mean I, I hope we'll have some. Uh, we have some some updates in mind on some other players here in the coming days. So hopefully we can get those up. Uh, tell okay. some stories about some of the some of the uh, other guys that might be on their radar a little a little further out be, beyond this season. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about the next kid site. It's it's gravitated now over to uh, Kentucky.com. Um, just talk about uh, the new kind of. I don't know if you want to call it. It's not a, not a relaunch. It's kind of a. It's just moved uh, moved sites. Uh, just talk about the uh, where people can find it and what they'll find on it and the improvements you you think from uh, the old site. Yeah, I think uh, the easiest way is probably just to. Uh... Google Next Cats and Bookmark it, which was kind of the easiest way with the old site. Uh, and if you go to the old site's URL, it'll it'll redirect to this one. But yeah, basically, it, it's been kind of a. The, I mean, we had the old site for ten years, and it was it was uh, not a very modern design or modernly built, and and it was just getting buggy, and we were dealing with problems on a pretty regular basis. Uh, and moving it over to Kentucky.com um, had been kind of a a long time coming and, and we finally uh just did it a few weeks ago and it's still kind of coming together so i would tell people who you know especially people who have been looking at the old side for the last 10 years it, i mean it, it it certainly looks a lot different and it's been a huge adjustment for me something that i looked at multiple times a day every day for 10 years uh uh doing it doing things a little bit differently but basically uh if you go to it everything for the most part is is already still there uh, and all of my stories or our stories, this podcast will be up there. We'll be in one of these main spots, uh, one of these main boxes. And then I've already got, I think, 12 new player pages. I think the player pages are going to look better, and we're going to have more of them on the new site just because of the way – I don't want to get into the details, but the inner workings of the site are going to make it a lot easier to, to do these player pages. I'm actually adding, I think, three more over the next few days, so that'll get us up oh, wow. to, I think, 13 or 15. Um, and then, you know, everybody, obviously the main draw of the old page was you could get those quick links to get you to other sites and other stories about UK recruiting, national recruiting. And that's still right there in that latest links. If you go, it's on the right side. It's got a big header that says latest links on it. And I still pick those out myself and update them multiple times a day, update them in the morning, update them at night, update them throughout the day. Um, there's not as many of them on the homepage, but at the bottom of that box, there's something called more links that'll have all the other links, uh, going back for, I mean, right now, since we started the new site, so it'll be weeks and weeks and months of, of old links. If you think you missed something or just want to look back on that, but yeah, so we've got 
got a lot of player pages. We got the latest links. Um, we'll have some more stuff coming. Uh, I think this new design and the the design of kind of the way the site works will allow us to do some some new things and hopefully some some better things. And, and over time, I think when when people get used to it and get used to just that it looks a lot different, hopefully they'll 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 like it even more as we as we kind of add some more to the site, which is which is going to be a thing we we do regularly. Uh, just moving, moving, moving forward indefinitely, I guess. Yeah. So uh, you can't go to any other site and find more information than you can on Ben's site on on the NextCAD site. So, and if you do go to the old Next sites, because I've done that myself, it immediately redirects you to the new site, and it's just got a more modern look and a more modern feel to it. And I think, as you said, looks like you'll be able to do more things with it. You won't be able uh, won't be quite as locked in as you were to the old uh, to the the way the old site was laid out and so forth. So be sure and check all of that out, especially the player pages. The player pages or i refer to those things all the time they're very yeah. informative um uh, and uh they have a lot of information in there and it, it kind of helps you learn about the players and you know when you read a bunch of names all in one story you know this this kind of breaks them out in, individually so you can kind of get to know those uh, prospects better and know more about them as, as they go along on recruiting and, and commit and so forth so uh, be sure and check all that out. Uh, ben, anything else? Uh, anything else you want to promo or uh, plug before I let you go? No, I don't think so. We'll, uh, like I said, I hope I hope we'll have some uh, some some new stories on some guys we haven't really written much about over the next few days and maybe into early next week. But uh, then maybe if if those come together, we can come back and talk about that in a week or two. Yeah, we'll we'll be sure and do that. We'll be sure and follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL. Uh, follow all his work on uh, Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader and also on Kentucky.com. Be sure and check out the next sketch site. Uh, ben, thanks as always for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Ben Roberts, as always. Check out Ben on Twitter, Ben Roberts HL. Check out his NextCat site, which is now over on Kentucky.com. If you go to the old NextCat site, it'll redirect you uh, very quickly to the new site on Kentucky.com. It's got everything you'd want. As far as UK basketball recruiting is concerned, so go over there and check that out. And like I said, check out Ben on Twitter, Ben Roberts HL. Uh, we'll have some more podcasts coming up later in the week. Uh, we'll preview the Kentucky South Carolina football game. We'll also have a preview of the Kentucky Georgia Tech basketball game, which is on Sunday. The football game is on Saturday, so look for that uh, later in the week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. Drop me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Like I said, thanks very much to everybody who listens to the podcast. We really appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you again soon.